Hi, everybody. I'm Vicki. I'm Bree. And I'm Chelsea. And we are telling on ourselves. Woo. Mm-hmm. Joining us this week, we have, well, we have a special guest this week. We're super excited. Um, and we're down Lynn today. Yeah, she went to Kentucky and she's with her friends and family. She did some cool stuff. And then she has some big, huge, humongous, amazing news for us next week. So we'll be excited to have her back. Um, yep. So just to kind of start us off today, I won first thought wrong. Yep. Ding, 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 ding. I feel like I've been I've been winning it a lot lately, though. <laughs> so I don't know. That's kind of telling. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, uh, at work recently, uh, we rolled out a new compensation plan and nobody's really surprised anymore, or at least those of us who've been there a while, because this happens now it's been happening once a year. So probably could have predicted it. But every year I feel upset. I feel anxious. I feel a little bit resentful because I have all of this fear. I have this unknown of how it's going to affect my bottom line. Um, And the tape plays, you know, people have budgets and how could they do this? And it's really hard for people to plan their lives when you're constantly changing how much they're going to make. And um, man, this is going to be really hard. They're really setting the bar very high. It's not fair. I mean, the whole entire, um, you know, the whole entire gamut of, of resentments, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and it's been something that's been really hard to let go of over the last two weeks. I have not done a very good job of, of letting it go. And I've been stewing in it been talking to other coworkers about it. So, you know, I'm trying to find people who feel the way I feel and like, get them to like, Hey, like, let's be upset about this together, which is terrible, you know, obviously, but misery loves company. So just, you know, not, not practicing the principles of the program really in this aspect of my life. Um, so I'm telling on myself and the second thought, right. Is historically when they've changed the compensation plans, not only did I end up making more money, I got better at my job. Because it kind of forces you to level up and grow. And I don't want to admit it this time. I've been a little bit more resistant to admit it. But the good thing is to, um, at least to like my boss and stuff, I really, and, you know, to to new people in the company, I haven't really said anything. I've been very, you know, quiet. I've just found, you know, one or two of my coworkers who have been with, have been with the company a while who I've confided in. But um, so that's good. I haven't been... Nor, you know, normally when I want to do go right to my boss and tell her how unfair it is and this is crazy and, you know, that doesn't need to happen. We're we're past that point. But um, so, yeah, that's that's my first thought wrong. And I am still in the process of working through letting it go and trusting my higher power to know that it will play out how it's supposed to play out. And for my greatest good, if I if I allow it and if I put that out there, then that's how it will be. But if I'm negative about it, and uh, uh, then I, that's what I will attract more of, as we like to say, we source what we put out. So, yeah, that's that's first thought wrong for for you right here this week. New comp well, plan. Free, real quick on that note, and I'm sure our guests will have much to talk about that with. But what I'll tell you is watching you go through this because in sales, the, it's brutal. They change commission structures. And, you know, you, you, you really don't have an option. Right. And you get to like, I love what you said, level up. And I think that 
that is your key, right? You get to level up and and do something different and not be stagnant. Yay, right? Um, because it's so easy to, like, I mean, this talks about our program, huge, rest on your laurels, right? We don't get to rest on our laurels in our program. So when we practice, you said it, when we practice these principles in all our affairs, who knew? Well, Exactly. And I think the other part is when I I examine it, it's a lot of fear of like my worth is like, what if I don't level up like that self-criticalness, which we will be talking a little bit about ways to, I I think, addressing that today with our guest, uh, but being very self-critical and not having the faith in myself that I can do it. Being very afraid. It's coming from fear. What if I don't level up? What if I can't? What if this is just as good as I am and that's as good as I'm ever going to get and then I'm going to fail? It's fear. What's fascinating. Oh, go ahead, Chelsea. I was going to say, I think it's a great segue. I mean, just kind of the, the contrast in your mindset, your perspective, your attitude, your mindset, which actually will lead me to introduce our uh, guest today. John Felito is a trusted coach, highly respected advisor, and thought leader to entrepreneurs internationally. He is the founder of Felito Coaching and Consulting Associates. John has invested over 40 years helping individuals and business owners improve the quality of their lives. And now he's taken a study of human behavior and value-based principles to create the 90-day game, which I'm really excited to hear about. It's an interactive method to help people change their lives in just three months with daily exercises and examinations that prove even when bad things happen, they benefit when we learn from them. And with that, I will, um, you know, John, I want to welcome you to the program. Welcome, John. Wow. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. I, I really enjoy your energy. I was mentioning it a little bit earlier. Uh, and, and I'm really appreciating the transparency. The uh, notion of telling on ourselves, I think, is just so brilliant. And that uh, you will, and I think it's important that we allow ourselves to feel. Um, you know, I, being in personal development, uh, what I find troubling about the field is this notion of always thinking positive. And uh, that's, that's an, uh, I think, just the wrong message for people. I mean, of course, we would like to think positive. But the, uh, I remember when I, to- I used to teach a class, actually, it's uh, maybe could, it's helpful to give the background in this in this way because it's an experiential way of putting it. Uh, when I was 18 years old, I learned a, a, a program called the Silva Method, and at that uh, back in the 70s, it was huge. And back in the 70s, there was little in the way of personal development. You had the Silva Method, and you had Est, which is uh, currently landmark now. But so many other uh, programs came from the root of those programs, as well as things before them, uh, very uh, strong principles in philosophy and psychology. And um, the I remember, uh, you know, some, what, 30 years later, I said, you know what, I want to uh, get to an instructor level on that course. Because I'm doing the coaching thing. And uh, I think that it would be really good to teach that course, you know. So I, I did that, and I'm very pleased to do that. And the real transformation comes from that program. Uh, millions of people have taken it. And I mention it uh, half a dozen times in the game book because I really want to 
offer a credit to the, that. Uh, it just opened up my mind and my curiosity to, to the power of consciousness and and our ability to direct our attention and and create through those uh, those doors. Uh, well, I'm going back now to this uh, the notion of uh, uh, trying to be positive all the time. And I remember when I was teaching the class, people would come up to me during a break and they'd say, I don't want to be negative, but, and they would start sharing their truth with me, which pleased me because uh, that meant that they weren't so intimidated by the whole thing that I might be receptive to hear what they have to say, you know? And I said, please, uh, there's, I don't look at things as positive and negative. I look at everything as valuable information. And if we try to stifle our emotion, uh, it's causative of disease for one thing, but we're also cutting ourselves off from a very valuable resource that was given to us in our very nature. We have emotions for a reason and they're meant to be felt. And they are guidance information. Because uh, the painful or the deeper emotions, I like to call them deep and uh, as versus light as opposed to negative and positive, we have deeper emotions. And one of the, um, uh, one of the two primary ways, I, I mentioned that the soul informs us, that part of us, the deepest part of us, is through emotion and or in a dialogue. And so if we just try to reject that and push it away, well, how, how often does that push people into, uh, you know, medicating themselves or having a drink or going out shopping, you know, eating sugar, whatever the thing is to avoid the emotion. And so we want to bring the emotion forward because it's informing us all the time. Emotion informs us of two things in all cases. And it, I like it that it's only two because it's simple. When you're having an emotional experience, it's informing you of needs that are either being met or not being met. And it's informing you of values that are being honored or dishonored. So when you think about when you have an emotional experience, that you're getting information on the needs and values side of life. And that's, um, that's important to recognize. I want to say one more thing, and then I like to be more interactive, but it's inclusive of this point. Um, emotions come up spontaneously. We don't control them. Thoughts come up spontaneously. We don't control them. But we can set the environment for uh, uh, more uh, favorable emotions and more favorable thoughts. But it's important to recognize they come up uh, spontaneously. So emotion is what comes up spontaneously. And feelings is the meaning we assign to our emotions. So there's a distinction between emotions and feelings I think is helpful and uh, offers some clarity that we could recognize it's okay to have a spontaneous emotion. And it's okay to, it's important to recognize what the meaning I'm assigning to that emotion is, because that can then help me meet the needs that I crave or, or stand for the values that I hold. So that's, uh, 
what I, I wanted to share with that. And and your transparency here then really speaks to this honesty and acceptance of what is, because isn't that how we move to toward forward motion? You know, it's so they talk about surrender and acceptance, uh, and they are not endpoints; they're beginning points. When we accept things, that sets the stage for forward motion. So, I don't know if that triggers any thoughts for you folks. Uh, Oh, so many. (laughs) Yeah, I did want to start with the the definition, definition corner. Um, So we have for mindset, a fixed attitude, disposition, or mood. That's the first one. And the second one is an intention or inclination. And I just, uh, you know, you you gave so much to think about with, uh, I really liked how you said, uh, not looking at things as good or bad. Um, but more deep or light. That's that's a whole new perspective shift for me, Vicky Bree. I, you know, to me that really stood out. And please, uh, all of it is valuable guidance information. That's the key to the whole thing. It's 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 a blessing to feel because it's one of the pathways that guides us. So it's valuable guidance information, and we we're not oriented to that. And I think it's an important way that we we really benefit from orienting ourselves around that. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because in this program of uh, our twelve step program that we all work here as ladies, um, there's this prayer. It's from from a story in the back of our our big book, and it's called Acceptance is the answer. And early on in our our podcasting journey, I we had an episode and I'm like, acceptance isn't real. It's just not real until it's real, right? I couldn't like spit the words out to explain what I was trying to say. And you really, uh, I you know, I drew like a little diagram, but you know, you have your problem, then you have your emotion and you're like, you have to sift it out. You have to live through it first before you can get to acceptance. And I always thought when I was first in recovery that you were supposed to be, I was a bad person, woman in recovery if I didn't have acceptance of every situation, right? But then I learned that I get to feel those feelings. And, you know, we're so used to drowning our feelings or, you know, stifling our feelings, like you said, that we just... Our skill set with dealing with emotions is not the greatest when we first come to this program. So it's uh, I loved what you said. It really thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. I, it's just surprising to me that this is not a more common or popular conversation in the personal development field. It's it, it seems so obvious to me uh, of how important it is. So that's well, the authenticity piece for me, right? If I'm not being authentic and that goes back to the telling on ourselves, I was lucky enough to have a woman sponsor me at the beginning. She would be like, Vicki, go tell on yourself, go tell on yourself when you're feeling like that, go tell on yourself at the tables. And I'd be like, okay, Pam, whatever. Um, (laughs) But I would go tell on myself, I did it, you know, and, and it's this idea of that. No, it doesn't have to be perfect. And when I'm in recovery, what helps me the most are the people, whether they have a lot of time or a little bit of time, but the people that tell the truth about where they're at. And that helps me heal and identify and see that, oh, recovery is possible. Recovery, I can't get shift this. 
Well, John, I had a question for you. Um, mm-hmm. I know you're really into uh, mindfulness and consciousness. So I was curious where that came from. Have you always had like a deeper sensing or knowing um, or was there something in your life that kind of uh, like woke you up to this, that that you became truly interested in this, like what on your path um, kind of happened or mm-hmm. I'm very curious about that. I'll say that um, up till 1978, I um, prided myself, really, I I really did as a kid, that I was able to get through most of my school years without reading much. (laughs) I did not like reading. I wasn't attracted to it at all. Uh, The way it was presented, uh, there were certain novels you had to read, and there was no understanding of why reading was important. So I had that uh, that way of being uh, that I kind of was able to get pretty good grades and sneaking around the, the you know the uh, the way it's the, the known structure was you know and and so of course one uh, again I had mentioned when I took the Silva method that created the huge shift for me and and my curiosity and consciousness that's when it happened. And I became such an avid reader of psychology, philosophy, some really esoteric stuff, and some very practical things. And I started noticing, as I put attention to it, certain consistent principles that I continued to see when I began uh, in business in the financial field. And I started to gather these principles, and they were like jumping out at me all the time. And I ultimately organized them into two lists. Uh, that I call the top 10 spiritual principles for evoking your greatness, which I shared with you folks in an attachment, and uh, these uh, top 10 mental principles for evoking your greatness. And they were more uh, uh, strategic, the mental principles, where the spiritual principles were generally more uh, soulful tones. And I, th- I felt um, that it's really important to put forward the the tones when uh, we begin the game. I'll maybe I'll mention that a little later. But the, the thing that came to me that I think is, was very interesting, when I, I discovered I have an alert witness that's separate from who I am, um, I remember asking myself one day, and I know where I was and when I said it, I don't even remember so much the behaviors I was experiencing at the time. But I said to myself, I think I'm basically a good person. Why do I do the things that I do? So there was the separation between watching my behavior and having a knowing within me that I was not my behavior. I was not my thoughts. I was not my emotions. Then if I'm none of those things, who am I and what am I? And that, to me, uh, really is uh, a key to my own understanding of consciousness, Mm. that it's separate from all of those things that we tend to identify ourselves and label ourselves and judge ourselves. That's not really who we are. And by being able to cultivate being an alert witness, we're able to watch those things without judging ourselves around them. And be more amused by them. You know, you'll see definitions and distinctions in the, the back of the game book. And 
and the alert witness is, is described in, in, in very, you know, detailed, particular language I use in the game book when I'm in conversation. I don't get into that much detail, but I think it's helpful for people to look at these things for clarity. Um, the one characteristic of uh, that's important, I think, within cultivating an uh, alert witness is being amused. Isn't that interesting? Look what I'm thinking. Isn't that interesting? What I'm doing, what I'm saying to myself, how I'm feeling, and, and that creating more space between the uh, behavior, the thought, and the emotion, and separating that and watching it, I think is a, a valuable, very valuable practice. And it takes time to cultivate. All of you know, it takes time to change. It's not gonna be in a weekend seminar, although it's helpful maybe to use uh, environments that uplift, but you, it, you know, people will historically scratch their heads a week later, what was I so excited about? Those things just don't stick unless the program uh, gives you something to stay in process with a group, or if it orients you to create a cottage group or a, a, a discussion group, because otherwise it just comes in and the insight that you may have, the epiphany you may have could just as quickly leave mm. uh, after, uh, because it requires that, that consistent pulling of attention back over time. That's why it's a 90 day game. It's not a nine day game. You know, it's not a nine-week game. It's a you know, it's it's a ninety-day game because uh, you, you need at least that amount of time to be able to ingrain certain concepts and ideas, and it's important for there to you to have ownership of those ideas. Not this is what you're supposed to think. This is what you're supposed to believe. This is supposed to how you're supposed to be. The orientation is more inquisitive, Socratic, e e evocative questions that the individual cultivates their own idea of the intention they want to live, how they want to live, the values they want to express in their lives. That's something that you can't give people, but you could set an environment for that to happen. And that's really the, uh, the commitment that the individual, in our case, player, makes to really attending to those 90 days fully and completely. People will get as much from it as they invest in it, in virtually anything we do. So it's a practice. It's a practice. And we know people that are in practices, whether they're practices of meditation, whether they're practices of recovery, whether they're practices of of uh, creativity and, and musicians and speakers. They don't just say, okay, now I know it. They live it and practice it always. And just one quick thought came to mind and then I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll uh, you, I think we're all familiar with, uh, with uh, Taylor, the, uh, uh, the uh, songwriter, singer. Taylor Swift. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, what's James Taylor. James Taylor, thank you. Uh, you know, he's now um, 
I don't know exactly how old he is. He's pretty well up in age now. He's got to be in his 70s uh, at this time. And I heard him recently interviewed, and he said, I'm looking, I was looking to get a certain tone out of my guitar, and I'm almost there. I'm almost there, he's repeated. And I, that, I, I just caught that that's just so loudly. I don't know how, how people took it, but I know how I took it. That all through the years of his success and his incredible songwriting and collaboration with other artists, he didn't say, I'm done. He says, I'm almost there. And he probably always say that. So it's a practice and, and it's, it's a commitment. And this, I think, where it's rooted in is that we need to learn how to love ourselves. Because if we don't love ourselves, we don't think we're worthy of a great life, then that belief in and of itself will just hold us back from the potential that I believe we're, we're, we're here to enjoy in this uh, in very incredible dynamic existence. You know, John, you mentioned love. I was looking at the uh, 10 spiritual principles for evoking your greatness. And I know love was the first one, which is definitely a part of the program, you know, learning to love others, learning yourself. Um, and I know just, you know, love, appreciation, being present in the moment. Um, the one that I, I would love maybe for us to talk a little bit about is just this law of resonance. I, I saw that. This is something I haven't heard as much Um uh, but just kind of how your thoughts and actions, um, you know, how they transmit to others. Maybe you could talk about the law of resonance a little bit, because I thought that was something really interesting in the in the principles. Happy to do it. The law of resonance, and it's mentioned in the principle, if you hit uh, the keys of a piano in a room that has two pianos or another instrument for that matter, and then you stop that sound, you're going to hear it resonate on the other piano or the other instrument. It's a law, it's the only one I say is a law uh, within these uh, principles because it is a law of, of, of resonance. <laughs> and so we too are resonant beings and it's not to get too philosophical or uh, more theoretical. Uh, we are energetic beings and our energy impacts others. So when you're interacting with people, you're either going to raise up that the people that you're with, or in cases where there's conflict, you can be pulled down. And so being aware of that when you're in, interacting with people who may be suffering through a challenge or may be argumentative, um, it's important for you to maintain the awareness that I, ha I have the capacity to maintain my own level of resonance here. And if I get away from my ego defending myself and I get back to more of an idea of how can I help us in a more unified way, then the chances are you're going to be able to listen more deeply, hear the needs of the person you're interacting with, and be able to help them meet their needs and raise up the vibration. Otherwise, we're subject to and being controlled by the other party which is something that I, I really have no interest in. Uh, I, I want to be able to maintain my own state and, and my own center and my own way of being. And while I'm doing that, I recognize I'm not a, a, alone with this. The people I'm interacting with are effectively part of who I am at the deepest level. So 
my contribution to others is a contribution to myself. My contribution yeah. to myself is a contribution to others. So that's the way I would uh, express that particular principle. Well, and you said so many things. And, and what I want to come back to is this, this idea. And I think in recovery, we talk about going from the head to the heart, right? So there are so many times intellectually, I understand the concept, right? <clears throat> Yes, I should understand that I need to love myself if I'm going to fully love another human, right? I can understand that I can read all the books, right? One thing that I found amazing, and we joked about it early on in the podcast too, is this, this idea of um, we when 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 you're accountable. So same thing like your program, when you're accountable, when you're doing it, when you're practicing it, you're feeling it and experiencing it. And you might not do it right per se. You might not do it as um, you think, you know, you're supposed to, you got to get rid, we get to get rid of that. Right. But it's this idea of living it, living it and practicing it. And, and, and it's so, um, so interesting to me because when you were talking about the law of resonance, we talk about we have to change our playmates, our playthings, our our play, play sandboxes when we come into the program. Our whole life needs to be uprooted. Otherwise, it's real easy to go back down to that, you know, negative vibration or whatever. And man, it's it's so for me as a woman in recovery, it's so important to protect that who, what I choose to be that protect my values. Because before I didn't even know what my values were. I didn't even care. I just wanted to make you happy so I could do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I think what's really cool about this whole idea of fun is, you know, is it's an adventure. When I started looking at it as an adventure, like this is fun. I get to recreate me. Like I get to be whoever I want to be. They always told me that, but I didn't, I knew that, but I didn't feel that. So, wow, there's so much. And I, I can't wait to hear more about this game. <laughs> well, we, we say in the game, enjoy your great adventure. Uh, it's all about the process and it's 90 days. It's a commitment. And so what people can get into self-judgment, right? Well, I'm, I'm falling behind, uh, uh, you know, or uh, and then there'll, there'll be others that will run ahead. And I say, just try to be with everybody. And if you fall a little behind, we built in two free days every week for people to either catch up because we know life's busy and we want to be able to help people stay in, in, this, in the same pace. But you could see the, the conditioning of, of, you know, get it right-itis that is so present there that if I'm not doing it just right, then I'm wrong. And then your label, 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 all that. <laughs> I see hands raising. <laughs> I see Bree smiling too. <laughs> Me, to a T. Yeah, and, and to release that, you know, and, and to create, you know, what's great about letting go of the old sandboxes is that you create new ones that are a match for where you want to be. You build your a new community. Well, you know, when I started with this particular, uh, you know, coaching practice, I was reveling in what I really found, you know, so satisfying and so seeing the possibilities for people that people were attracted to that. And then I, I had this whole community of people that were like enjoying being part of it. It was 
you know, sometimes we want to be with the old tribes and we don't want to be rejected from the tribes. This is very, very much built into our DNA, part of our survival. And so to recognize uh, it's okay to transition to other tribes or to begin other tribes, that we don't have to feel attached to the tribe we, we found ourselves by accident uh, a part of. So there's a lot of a lot of freedom in that to be able to release that old uh, those old behaviors by really you know cultivating new ones. Yeah, yeah I, w- I that's awesome. I definitely like that you have those buffer days you know built into your game because that's how I feel sometimes about games and rules. I'm like, oh, I gotta have them right, or if I can't do it perfect, I'm not going to do it at all. Um, I'm really interested to know, you know, a a little bit about what are some of the exercises or activities that help people break into that new consciousness? Sure, sure. Because uh, a lot like uh, um, uh, Vicki was saying, the um, there's an intellectual understanding. Yeah, I should love myself. And then there's the, the literal experiential piece. Then that's where it happens is when. Uh, so uh, um, a lot of the games has to do with repetition and, and there's certain key things that are built into every exercise. So you're getting your information through different pathways that s- support the core uh, basic principles. So in the front end of the game, well, let's put it this way. There's only three things really that we do in the game. Uh, one is clear intention. You know, when you have clarity, you you really have an, a, a great opportunity to move forward. And clarity doesn't come just wishing to have, be clear. So what what uh, I want to come back to that because uh, there's a particular player that I thought just did a wonderful job of being so authentic, and and with the transformations that she experienced, were just. I, I'll always remember this this player particularly standing out in mind. She came to clarity. So clarity is one thing. The second thing is uh, the power of attention. Direct, directing and redirecting attention on your intention. Because you can have an intentions without the important aspect of directing attention toward your intention. And nothing happens. It's kind of like a typical goal that lays on a shelf somewhere and accumulates dust, right? Uh, or all kinds of affirmations and things like that. These things need to be done experientially and they require attention. So there's intention, attention, and then there's navigating, which is the peaks and valleys that we will inevitably face. We're not going to learn something that's going to make life perfect and we'll never suffer again. Well, damn, I thought you were going to tell us how to do it without having to. That's gone. You could drop that right away. But the thing about it is what we will learn is that navigating is kind of part of the fun of the whole great adventure. So that uh, we uh, will offer many tools to help people navigate through the peaks and valleys. And again, recognize that it's all valuable guidance information, every experience. Is has some information that's available to it. So we have um, we start the uh, the game introducing some concepts 
And but we just kind of dive in pretty quick with uh, what I refer to as a congruency model. I don't use that language too much in the game, but it's embedded in my uh, consciousness. Congruency model is really the aligning of your uh, soul with your emotions, with your uh, thoughts, and with your behavior. And when there's congruent alignment, that's when manifestation occurs. The thing that people might not realize is that often would you, if you are very clear on what you don't want, um, it's great, it can inform you of what you do want. But if you wallow in what you don't want and, and, and self-pity, you'll do a wonderful job of creating that because you'll have congruent alignment in your emotions and your thoughts and your behavior and you'll stay there. So the notion of congruency is always present. And what we want to do is tip the scale toward what we want to truly create in our lives. And so clarity of intent becomes key. And then directing attention on that and then learning how to really use our emotions rather than being used by them and use our thoughts rather than being used by them. Because that's typically what happens is that we, by default, fears, doubts, and worries show up and we become used by those emotional reactions and our inner dialogue. And what we want to do is, again, cultivate that alert witness to say, I'm noticing what I'm thinking. How is it informing me and how can I bring it forward and use it in a way that supports uh, what I want to create? So that's the overall structure of it. So what we do is we start um, getting all four engines started. As a private pilot, I, I always looking at and throughout the book, you see metaphors of this. But I don't think there's anything more powerful of, of my experience uh, of being a pilot that offered me perspective and the importance of having command over my senses because <laughs> you have to be really present and you have to know how to navigate and uh, you need to remain uh, with a cool head and a warm heart for yourself and your passengers. So there's a, there was a lot there. And uh, so we start recognizing that there's these four aspects of soul, emotion, mind, and behavior. And we offer a game, daily gameplay to get all four of those resources going. It's kind of like a four-engine like four airplane. And airplanes could fly with less, that a four-engine airplane could fly with less than four engines. Uh, people don't recognize that. You can even lose two engines. You can still fly a four-engine airplane. But it's not as efficient. It doesn't go where you, where you want to go efficiently. So we want to have all of our resources and leverage all four of those resources. So oh, on a soul level or a spiritual level, I refer to it as a soul level because I think that's the deepest part of us. No, I know that's the deepest part of us. It's And we kind of cultivate the idea of the soul as being a connection to the mainframe. You mentioned uh, your higher self earlier in, when you were speaking. I think uh, uh, Bri had mentioned her higher self, her higher power. I'm sorry. And so uh, the soul uh, could be a concept uh, that you can use in the game, or it could be a truth for you. And this, in this case, it's a truth for me that I see the soul as my connection to the mainframe of what brought me to this dimension. And the soul knows the blueprint of why I'm here, 
why I'm designed with the particular talents and strengths that I have to live my purpose here. And that's what we're really looking for is not who I should be, not even who I could become, but first to discover who I really am. And that's getting in touch with the soul because the soul knows who I am, why I'm here, why I was given the talents and strengths that I have. And that connection gives us the feeling that we're continually uh, being guided and we remain receptive to our uh, the soul speaking to us through emotion and through our inner dialogue. This is, uh, to me, the, the root and the greatest uh, opportunity to actually use all of those four resources. So with this, the way we started is with principles, the principles that I shared with you, to get the uh, soul piece going, to start to understand these are some of the principles we think are important and that you will put your own meaning toward things like love, like faith in yourself, in your plans, in something higher, uh, gratitude, appreci appreciation, I like to put it, because the more we direct attention to the riches in our lives, the more we appreciate them. So those kinds of principles will always be expanded in the uh, more co the core practices going forward. Uh, and I mentioned one, uh, when it comes to emotion, what you folks do quite naturally on this podcast, bringing a lightness and energy to it while being authentic and transparent. And this it's so powerful. And that's where we begin to get the em emotional resource in play. We have people identify things that bring them lightness and energy. If you're going to go on a great adventure, that's where the fuel is. To, so we have people write a list of 10 or more things that bring them lightness and energy. And it's surprising sometimes people will find it very difficult to identify things that bring them lightness and energy. And if they find those things, it's the, worth the price of admission because that will be a transformative action in and of itself. Because if we're not aware of the uh, things that bring us lightness and energy, we can't intentionally uh, impact ourselves with those things. So uh, there's two more, but I'm, I'm feeling like I'm going into monologue here. So I want to just uh, pause for a moment to see if there's any questions or need or clarity or comments or thoughts from you folks. Well, I know that the, the one thing I really liked about this, and I do see some parallels with the program, the recovery program, is just having those underlying principles. And I think that's so important. Like when you play a game, you don't just want a set of rules, you know, kind of like with the recovery program and the, and the steps. You want some guiding principles that I think really keep you true um, and help you achieve those things and allow, you know, we started talking about the mindset. And I think um, what I really like about what I'm hearing from you and then what I know of the program is just being able to have a growth mindset because things aren't just so fixed. Um, you know, having it based on needs and values versus good and bad um, allows you that, that personal ability um, to grow and evolve. Uh, so I don't, that, that was my take on it, but um, just so many good golden nuggets there. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that too. Um, Just to respond to what you're saying, and the, I think the importance of having 
uh, principles. Uh, they are guiding principles that have stability. And everything in life is always changing. And it's it's wonderful that things are changing, but we're not comfortable as, as human beings with change. And that's another survival um, mechanism thing. And I don't really put down the survival mechanism because we're still here to complain about it. <laughs> but it's, it's important. It does protect us. And it's that's important. But there's things changing all the time. And things are happening that in unexpected ways. And I intended to make it go here and it went there. And then this sudden thing I really didn't expect came out of left field. So well, there's all these things changing. But if you have a, the principles you can return to, they create a stable base. So you're not on shifting sand all the time. That's the foundation from which everything else is supported. What this brings up in me is this whole idea of, um, so we talk about um, uh, taking the action and leaving the results to to faith or our higher power or our step three or whatever. And, um, and, and what it reminds me of is, so this year I chose a word, you know, you can choose a word and I chose a word permission. And, and what my word meant for me this year was I'm giving myself permission to change my mind. I'm giving myself permission to be who I am. I'm giving myself permission. And as long as I'm, and you said it earlier, this forward thing, um, this forward movement, right? When I was early in recovery, there's this man that changed my life. And I use this, it was at first this, the name of my website, but it was called Relentless Forward Motion. As long as I am still going forward, I'm okay, right? And 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 just that whole idea of of allowing this thing to unfold, the because when I imagine it, it's very small. But when I do leave it up to taking the actions and doing the commitment, it's always so much better than I ever imagined it would be. It's yeah. always better. You know, you're allowing uh, your experience to inform you. And that's where, um, you know, with particularly my one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching, uh, the most uh, key piece that I offer, uh, you know, emphasize on these, on the calls, have an experience, have an experience. Doesn't have to be the best experience. You, you could trip and fall, you get up, but you're having experiences. How do you, let life inform you if you're not having experiences. So I think what you're saying is is right on target, and um, and and things like stillness and meditation are part of the movement. Uh, it's not all about that one gear of behavior. It's about all four resources, as I say, which includes contemplation and. Um, and planning so that you could then execute it, uh, your, your uh, actions. But yeah, moving forward, I mean, that's how we get information. If we're just holding back all the time, concerned to make the wrong choice, you're, you're limiting your opportunity to learn and grow from direct experience. Experience is where we want to be. That's what makes it a great adventure. So good. So good. Well, we usually, um, do you guys have questions? More questions or do you want to go into golden nuggets? Yeah, let, let's go into golden nuggets. 
you go ahead. Anyone want to go first? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, my big golden nugget was just the reminder about congruency, right? Like, and I said it during my first thought wrong. I was like, yeah, I'm probably sourcing this through a lot of my fear and a lot of what I don't want to happen. Um, and, you know, my thoughts and my feelings and my actions are all aligning negatively or, mm-hmm. you know, not to say negative, but, you know, I'm, I'm sourcing a lot of this stuff and I just, your reminder of the congruency is what I want to take out of this today, because I think that's a huge part in, you know, creating a life um, of happiness and a light, you know, a fulfilled life. And that's how you get the results in the manifesting of, of what you want and what, you know, your soul wants. And that really spoke to me too, is just like, you talking about the soul level and being connected to the mainframe. I mean, I'm so in tune with that kind of uh, feeling and, and life philosophy as well. So I just thought that was a really awesome uh, visual, you know, you're yeah. still connecting to the mainframe. I just want to, for you, Bree, I want to uh, uh, interject uh, quickly. I want you to do the right thing. And what I mean by the right thing is with a W. Write down whatever's going on, because what you, when you go forward with what, and find yourself as that alert witness is very alert here to this, this um, leaning toward building a, a rational case for what you don't want, uh, you can use that. And, and, and writing is very powerful for you to recognize this is what I've been doing. And now how can I flip this and lean toward or use this particularly in a way that is informing me of my beliefs? What beliefs do I need to move in the direction that I truly want to go in as opposed to being used by these thoughts and these emotions and have flip the congruency uh, by and doing the right thing will capture those insights and you'll be able to actually then you know build some uh, really powerful intention. Awesome. I definitely will. Yeah, yeah I, I love say- it. The lightness and the energy is our fuel, right? Like that is so cool. And John, I just thank you so very much. I took so many it's like I was at a uh, a seminar mm-hmm. and I took so many notes and I learned so much and and one thing that I think my biggest takeaway is this thing you said about James Taylor. And it's just so happens that my mom's lullaby to me was, you know, um, actually what's her name? Um, Oh God, why can't I think of her name? Carol King's song, but James Taylor made it a huge hit. Yeah. Uh, You've got a friend. And, um, mm. and there's so many, I have goosebumps just thinking about, cause there's so many things in that song that, are kind of around this self-love thing. So it's like pinging me right now. And I'm not, I probably am going to do a little writing. I'm going to do the right thing about it, but (laughs) it just brought me to this. I'm almost there, right. That, that there isn't really a destination. It's the, the joy is in the discovery of it and the, and the cultivating of it. And then the connection with other people. And when you were talking about that tribe piece and that, I think that's why our group or our program or whatever it is, this accountability slash love, unconditional love and support that we, we get for each other. And, and it's like, that's my lightness and fuel, 
right? Is that when that connection and that collaboration comes and then I can step back and I'm like, wow, that was really a, a beautiful moment in life. So you gave me so much and you you filled, filled my cup and then some. So I thank you so much. And I, I really want to connect with you offline and, and, um, and learn more about what you do because you're a huge inspiration to me. Well, thank you so much. You know, I want to just say that uh, what you inspired in, in me is uh, someone once said to me, you know, you, the horizon, and of course, being a pilot, I appreciate the, the metaphor he used. He said, the horizon is always looks as far away. As it as far as you go, it still looks as far away. It's only till you look back to see how much distance you've covered. And and for all of you, from where you've come to where you are now, what a wonderful thing to uh, and I would encourage that in the game, and I encourage that in my clients. Look back at your previous successes, acknowledge them, uh, uh, appreciate them, uh, build an inventory of them. There's so many shifts and changes that you've made along your path that really uh, help you recognize if I've gone this far, look how much further I can go. Because you're in a place now where you're so much further uh, uh, raised up than you were in the past. So there's there's buoyancy there that can continue to lift you up. So um, thank you. I, wow, I, I, you should see my notepad. I've got notes, <laughs> crazy notes scrawled everywhere, but um, so many good things, John. I, I definitely like Brie, um, when you said it in the beginning, I am not my behavior, thoughts, and emotions, but the idea of getting alignment in the emotions, thoughts, behavior, but adding the soul piece, which kind of goes to what Vicky said, that it's not just me, right? It's, it's, it's the tribe, it's our you know, community, it's, it's, it's being in that moment and sharing it with other people. Um, and, and that's where, you know, you manifest and you, and you find the magic. Um, so I think it's kind of all those things, but, uh, just, wow, what a great, what, thank you so much, John. I, I, I feel like I've taken away so much myself, um, and just a lot of ideas and certainly, uh, I'm thinking about this 90 day game and thinking this, this, this is, uh, something I want to try out. So thank you. And Lynn is going to be so jealous that she was not here. Let me tell you, we might have to have you on for a part two, John. <laughs> uh, well, I'll be happy to join you. I just love the environment you set. So uh, I'm always a uh, game to be in wonderful environments like this. And I, I really appreciate the invitation. Thank, thank you, Chelsea. And I want to rem- remind folks, um, because Chelsea reminded me, um, all meaningful intentions are filled with passion, purpose, love, and benefits for all. And uh, they include our values and our talents and strengths. But I I think that when we come from the place of uh, meaningful intentions and and being with that either passion, and if it's not a passion, it's a purpose. And if it's love-based and it's in the interest and benefit of everyone, and we maintain that tone with whatever intention we set, uh, it really is a very powerful uh, framework to uh, to make the most of. So thank you all so much. Uh, and uh, I'm, I'm very open to um, hearing from people through email. I, uh, I'll say currently I'm not uh, taking on any new clients. I've got a level of where I want to be. Uh, but I'm always happy to hear from people and 
if there's any questions, uh, whether it's from you folks or your listeners, I'm always happy to respond. That having a modest amount of clients now gives me the flexibility to be able to, you know, not feel, um, you know, the pressure uh, of uh, taking on too much. So then when people write and they have an interest and they want to understand something better, it's just a pure joy to be able to have the time without it, you know, being a struggle. So wonderful. So we'll, we'll put your email address in our show notes. Fair enough. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, sure. Do you have any social media that you want people to follow you on or? Uh, I could probably use somebody that could help with the social media piece. <laughs> so there was some really wonderful uh, women that helped and then they got involved with other things. Uh, but, um, you know, it's uh, on Facebook. We have a, a 90 day game, uh, game presence there um, and probably other couple of places. It's I state you know, I'm of the belief do what you do best, let others do what they do best. And uh, so I'm not even that familiar with it. But 90daygame.com is where, you know, people can find out more about the game and books on Amazon. I also I did, also did it on Audible because I know some people uh, find it easier to learn by listening. And it's in like little 20 minutes or less chunks. So I, I think it's kind of a good way to play the game if you have the Audible account and it costs you nothing to get the book and uh, the book is uh, reasonably priced so there's resources there. We occasionally do form groups to do live uh, interactive games and that's uh, something I'm not actively pursuing but when people show interest or organize a game and it's a you know it's an investment of, and commitment of time so I want to know if people are game I'm, I'm happy to be game with them. So, Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, we'll link all that information um, in the show notes. So for our listeners, please check John out there. John, what a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, so absolute pleasure to be here. Enjoyed our time. And uh, I didn't even realize how late it was getting. I was going on and on. But uh, yep. that's what happens when you're having fun. Yep, so, exactly uh, And being present. So, uh, yes, uh, I'd be happy to join you again if the spirit moves you. Thanks so much for the opportunity to be here. Really enjoy your company. Thanks so much, John. So long now. Thanks for listening to another episode of Telling on Ourselves. Please rate, review, share, subscribe, download our podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. And if you want more Telling on Ourselves, please find us and follow us and like us on Instagram and Facebook at Telling on Ourselves. Tribe out.